During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What the heck is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kind of Funny X-Cast, your home for all things Xbox here at Kind of Funny. Of course, I'm one of your show hosts, Snowbike Mike, and today I am joined by both of my gaming dads, IRL, in real life. I can touch him. I can see him. It's Paris Lily in the spare bedroom alongside Gary Witta. The three of us, the first time ever, all of the ex-Hass hosts have been at one table. Yes. And we're here together right now. How you feeling, Gary? I'm good. We were here briefly for the spare bedroom launch, right? Yes. We, we came and stood here and did like a whole wrestling intro. But this is actually the first time that any kind of funny host, right? Because the whole Alana era, that was, yep. that was mm -hmm. over Zoom um, or Discord or whatever. This is the first time that all three of the hosts have been at the desk in meat space for real. And what 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 a perfect show to do it. Big biggest Xbox Absolutely. game of the year. Yeah. And we're doing it for that, of course. Yes. Paris, it's great to have you oh, in the I'm, spare bedroom. I'm so happy to be here. I'm not a floating head. I'm actually <laughs> here in the flesh. And uh it's been a good two days being here at the studio. Yeah. Hanging out with everybody, content. Your your stream is Starfield earlier. I got to hang out in there. It's it's been a good time. Yeah, it's pretty special to be together. Yeah. It's always nice to spend time with you. Paris and of course Gary I get a lot of time with Gary which is incredible but to have you in the mix with us mm -hmm. engaging with the team here at the spare bedroom it just elevates everyone it's also one of those like you feel the camaraderie you feel the community feel your team of like oh this is what you're doing it for oh this is who you're doing it with yep. it's nice to have that energy together and of course you got to share that energy on the kind of funny games cast yes because the official review for Starfield is now live and up of course here at the Kind of Funny X-Cast, I want to ask these guys about their thoughts on Starfield. We're going to talk about that, but we're also going to jump into your burning questions about Starfield. But if you're looking for the official review from Kind of Funny, Paris, you're the lead reviewer. It's on the Games Cast now. Let's start off the show. Let's I'm so animated. You look I good. It's my first time watching it. That's funny. <laughs> Let's talk about your initial thoughts. I want to hear, just give me the quick breakdown of your score. And then of course, some of your review and thoughts, because then I want to hear from Gary. So yep. I kind of want to take this time. Let's share with the XCast audience. What you guys think of the big game? Sure. So Starfield for me was a four out of five. Um, ultimately, I feel that clearly we need to judge the game for what it is today versus what it poten potentially could be down the road. But I think there's a lot of good there. The size, just the, the ambition that Bethesda had with this. There's so many different things that you can do in the game, which is fantastic. But there are some things that they're going to need to clean up over the next few weeks and months. Um, I think one of the common themes that I've seen now that the reviews are out is the inventory system. We talked about it on Gamescast as well. Um, it's, not, it's not ideal, let's put it that way. Um, but the good of it is you get to play this game how you want to play it. The main, the main story is kind of there just to guide you along the way. And as cliche as this may sound, the game doesn't even really start until you complete the main quest and you get into New Game Plus, which we won't spoil here. But this is a true Bethesda RPG. It is meant. It is not meant to try and do everything all at once. The one thing that I said during the review is the way I played this game during the two weeks is not how I would recommend anyone play this game. I would say go in there, see what you like doing in the game, whether it be a space pirate, a smuggler, bounty hunter, you know, you're part of the freestyle rangers or whatever the case may be. Maybe you like building ships. Maybe you like, you know, creating outposts. Maybe you just want to go discover all these planets and survey them and get the resources. But find your lane in Starfield and just go from there and have fun. 
I like that. Four out of five on the kind of funny scale. Yeah, four out of five. Some good positives, yeah. some critiques right there. Gary, you weren't on the kind of funny review. Of course, Paris did it to go a little more in-depth with his thoughts than just that. But I, we haven't heard from you, Gary. We've been all patiently I'm waiting. I'm excited. What's yeah. Gary Witta think of Starfield? So a few th- before we even get into it, a few things. First of all, it's just a relief to be able to talk about it, yes. right? Because we, you know, on it, we all had to honor the embargo. And, yep. you know, I took that very seriously. I even, even had friends reaching out to me privately saying, like, so, so is it any good? Like, you can tell me, right? And I said, no, no I'm serious. I'm taking this embargo seriously. I'm not telling anybody anything. Yeah. Like, I'm keeping this to myself. Uh, the, only pe- the only people I spoke to was Paris and I would talk back. Other people that I knew were also playing the game and under embargo. Paris and I t- talked a lot. That's where that stupid redacted yeah, yeah. text came yeah. from. <laughs> I, have to, I, I can post the unredacted version of that now. Yeah. And people will finally see it was a big fuss over nothing. Yeah. Um, and I spoke to Lucy and Tam over at um, uh, GameSpot slash Giant Bomb and um, Dan Stapleton at IGN. We, we talked briefly, just like kind of checking each other's math on, uh, on this. And we were all in, in kind of broad agreement, I th- it seemed like. Um, also, I want to say, with, with no disrespect to people whose job it is to put scores on games, because that's the expectation. I personally, I would not put a score on the game yet, based on my experience. I think, I think it's a very tricky business trying to put a score on, on this game, given the amount of time people were given to play it. Yeah, it, it's, it's funny you say that, because I put a score on it because I was the lead review. Right. But Greg and Andy said the same exact thing. You said, they, I'm not ready to put a score on this game. So much of this and game... I, and I agree with that. So much of this game is built on the promise of 130, 150 yeah. hours, infinite possibilities... You know, in the time that you can reasonably put into it, Greg's got, I don't know, I mean, Greg's got, I think, I've got 40 hours. I've got about 25. I don't, you, you probably got more than anybody. Close to 90. Yeah, so like a lot. But even, even then, it's like, so for me, there's so much in the game that I haven't even touched yet. So here's why it's interesting that Paris made this point, because I was the exact opposite. I, even though I knew I'd be coming in here to give my impressions, I'm not, I'm not reviewing the game, per yeah. se. And so I went into it. I think when you go into it as Paris did, knowing that you're reviewing it, you do play the game in a, in a slightly kind of unnatural, it might not be the way you would choose to naturally play the game. If you're a reviewer, you're thinking, well, I've got to make sure I like try everything, right? I've got to make sure the main quest is good, side quests, all these, I've got to try a little bit, of, I've got to make sure I've got like a holistic view of the game so I can give it a proper review when the time comes. I did not approach it that way at all. I approached it in a way that I think is, arguably maybe like a more authentic way to do it, not necessarily the most useful way for people reading a review, but like, I'm just going to play this the way I, I want to play it, right? That's the promise of this game, right? Play it the way you want to play. Do whatever you want to do. Pete Hines, there was a big thing going on. Pete Hines made a big deal out of how he'd played like 100 plus hours of the game and hadn't even touched the main quest, right? So they clearly want people to like play the game however they want, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I did. I played it as though I just picked it up on Game Pass day one. How do I want to play this game? So I, too, have not even touched the main quest. I've done about 25 side quests. I've got, like, eight different jobs at different yeah, organizations. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a freestyle ranger. I'm, I'm working for the Evil, Cy- Evil Cyberpunk Corporation. I'm working for OC Security. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pirate. I'm doing all, I've got all these different jobs. Um, and I'm, messing, I'm just messing around. I'm just doing what I want. I'm just doing what I feel like doing. Yeah. Which, you know, is the experience. I think mo- most people are going to play this game are not going to have the burden of, oh, I need to experience this much of the game in a certain time. They're just going to play it. They will want to play it at their own pace. Plus, you know, I've got kids. And I didn't, I, like I said, 25, 25 hours of this game in the time that I've had with it is a lot for me. Because I, I, I said a number of times, I want to play as much of it as I can before I come in. But I'm, but I'm still going to spend the time that I spend playing it the way I want to play. Which is just farting around, oh, what's over here? You know, and it, is, and it is that kind of game. I discovered a planet the other day. I was on my way to do something else. Paris, you'll know, you'll know that sometimes you can't jump straight to a system. You have to, like, you have to like jump along the way. And so, I, like, a system that I was supposed to be just passing through, I was like, wait, this planet looks interested. Landed on, there's a bunch of shit going off there. And now I'm involved in that. So it's a kind of game, if you're, like, ADHD, you're never going to get anything done in this <laughs> yes, game because you're yes, constantly, yes. There's always something out over, No, come over here, come over here, and yeah. you'll never get anything done. But that's fine. Like, it's a little bit overwhelming and a little bit of a mess in the sense that, like, like I said, I have eight different jobs. And I don't know if any of these things are time sensitive, but like a lot of the pl- places when you apply will say things like, you know, it's flexi time. Do it on your own time. Like, they're encouraging you to, like, yeah, don't, yeah, just, just, just do missions when you feel like it, which is not how a real job would be. Like, come in whenever you feel like it. But, like, they've done it that way to make you feel like you can take on all these different things. Like, my quest log is just so, and, you, and you'll pick up quests without even trying to. 
You'll right, walk past it, you'll overhear a conversation, and just based on that, it'll add a quest to your log. Oh, you, oh you've, you overheard that, so now you, now you can go do this. And yeah. so quests are piling up. Cool. Um, and it's a massive to-do list. Um, but but it's, it's good to have, it's nice to have all that. I think the one thing that the game does do a good job of, again, at least in the first 25 hours I spent, is like, you really can do whatever, you can go do whatever you want. The game's not like encouraging you or pushing you to do, play the game a certain way. You can just like fart around. And I've said before a million times, the games that I like the most are games that feel less like a game than I play, than a, than a place that I go, like Mass Effect or Los Santos. Just like some of my most fun GTA 5 play sessions, I didn't do anything. I played golf, I did yoga, I just fucked around. Like, oh, what's, I'll drive over here and see what's... And Starfield will let you do that. And that's one of my favorite things about it. I, I do have some serious problems with the game, and we'll get to those, but let's... Well, yeah, let's, let's stay on the positive really quick, because, of course, a lot of people are probably wondering, hey, Mike, where's your thoughts? What's your impression yeah. so far? As many of the kind of funny best friends know, I am currently doing a marathon stream with the launch of Starfield as of recording today. So I've actually gone these two weeks just kind of waiting. I have not been able to play the game. I wanted it to be my first experience, so I am still very early into this, probably like... Two real hours of playing. We've had some talking, but I'm just jumping in. So I look forward to next week. I'll have my real thoughts, and we'll be able to dive a little bit deeper on what I think. But I do want to give some compliments because I want to start off with give me one more positive for me to you before we get into Gary's critical thoughts. And one positive for me is I am really impressed with the lighting of the game. Oh, this yeah, game good. looks good. Yeah. The lighting, whether you're inside or outside, looks good as well. I am impressed with the facial animations and the character creator of this. I was really blown away going, man, I'm making someone that looks very much like me, and I like the backgrounds. I like reading through all the different ideas they had. I'm a spaceship trucker out of nowhere. Like, you wouldn't think, oh, yeah, you're just going to be a ship hauler. No, I am that. And so I want to give kudos to the character models and the character creation and the lighting. I think look very, very well done. Um, I'll just give kudos to the performance of the game. Um, okay. we, we obviously know coming in, you know, Bethesda and their reputation of Bug Bethesda. But the time has been well spent. This is a pretty polished game across across PC, across the Series X, and more specifically the Series S. I know some people had concerns about that, but it's yeah, been a great it experience. S. It's great. I mean, I yeah. played I played a lot of it on the S. No issues at all. The X, like that's what they're streaming on right now, is is great. And obviously, PC is going to be the top. You know, depending on your rig, but. I saw, no, I, no saw real blessing, issues. I saw Blessing playing the PC version on an ultra-wide monitor. Yeah. It looked so good, I went and bought an ultra-wide monitor. <laughs> nice. Because this <laughs> is the kind you. of game with those big planetary vistas and the space yeah, combat yeah. where, like, an ultra-wide, like, that's the kind of game that these, these mon those monitors were made for. Yeah. And, yeah, so people, a lot of the, because there's been so much, like, we talked about the polarization, right, and people on social yeah. media have divided into pro and anti-staffer because the game is such a standard bearer for the Xbox. The PlayStation fans are, are out for of blood and, we've yeah. seen, we've, and the Xbox super fans are defending yeah. it all without having played the game, right? But like the 30 frames a second thing, like people have been, like I, I tweeted a thing about, I did a TikTok about how I'm playing Starfield and I saw I had a bunch of, oh, enjoy your 30 frames a second. I, 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 I not, not at one time did I think this, this game's not performing well. Like it, it, it's great. It looks, it looks again, yeah. PC's no, no doubt going to be better, but I, I'm, I have no performance criticisms at all by yeah. frame rate whatever I, I will say just on on that comment like going from i'm playing above 60 frames on pc you know with my rig so when you first jump over to playing on xbox it takes a, you know it takes now, a second is it harder to is it harder to come back to xbox after playing it on a ninja pc with that is like at killing first, on the frame it, rate? like you can tell it's at 30 frames but once you kind of settle in it's fine. Yeah. I get and, it. and again, shout out to Xbox Play Anywhere. You know, I had my cryptic tweets over the past two weeks, but I was hopping back and forth Love between that. platforms yeah, because yeah. of Xbox Play Anywhere and the cloud saves. I mean, I ran it. There was a couple times where the cloud saves didn't sync properly, but I mean, 90% of the time it was great experience. It was easy to just pick up and play between platforms. No problem. Really quick before we go on to Gary for one final one. I do want to put a pin on that one. The Xbox Series S. You said ran good because that's been our hot topic. I want to make sure the audience here is like you did play on that and you thought it, it went well. Yeah, I can break. I can kind of break down my percentages. Sixty okay. percent of the time I played on on the PC, okay. and, and then I would say it was almost an even split from there between the X and the S twenty twenty and twenty. It's fine. I good. mean, it was fine. That's great I mean, to hear. there was no. I mean, the resolution obviously I think it's fourteen forty p or whatever. So resolution drops, but 
I mean, it's virtually identical to the X as far as the way it performed and everything. Everything was fine. Sweet. I, I'm telling you, there was no issues at all. They did a great job. Kudos to that team, you know, optimizing it for that platform. There was no problems. Gary, give me one more positive that you like out of this game. One well, more good I, I, thing. So another, I'll just in general say, like, in the, in the main, the headline, have I enjoyed playing this game? Yes, very much. Can I see myself putting another 100 hours into the game? Absolutely. Some of that is because this game is extremely my shit, right? Mass Effect 2 is one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah. And this is very much in the Mass Effect pocket, right? In fact, it looks a lot, it has a lot of similarities to Mass Effect in the world building and so forth. Yeah. Um, and again, I'll say, and this is without, because I want to do all the shit that the game lets me. I haven't done most of this stuff yet. I haven't, I haven't upgraded, I haven't put any modules on the ship. I haven't done any ship design. Um, I, I've only recruited two companions, and I'm not really sure exactly what they do or how they're helpful to the game. I haven't done much research or crafting or modding. I haven't built any outposts. I've been to all the major planets, like the big ones. I've been to Neon and uh, New Atlantis and uh, the Cowboy Firefly planet, yeah, with free, yeah, um, like Mars, and I've, I've, I've seen all the, I think I've seen most of the major mm -hmm. um, you know, built-out planets that are available to you early in the game. I've done a bunch of side quests. I haven't even touched. I didn't know what the main quest is. I've not even touched it. Like there's a there's a thing where the quest giver says like, "Are you ready to go, or do you want to fart around?" So I'm going to fart around, and then I haven't come back to it yet. So I'm just doing all the other stuff. Just trying again, just playing it the way I would naturally choose to play it without any, you know, um, right. thought about. I'm not like a restaurant critic who needs to try everything on the menu. I'm just someone going to the restaurant <laughs> and eating what I want to eat. I like that. Um, and I really, I really like. The space combat. Uh, I think the space combat's very good. And I like the fact that this is a game that is a full-featured, like, walk around on planets Bethesda game, but there's also this whole other space combat thing going on. I'm a guy who grew up on uh, the original Elite, like, one of the, one of the greatest, you know, space combat, space trading games of all time. And, you can, and when you jump into a new system and the local, you know, law enforcement will scan your ship for mm -hmm. contraband, like, it takes me right back to playing Elite on the Commodore 64. Um, and... That stuff I like, and the space combat I think is pretty fun. I'm enjoying it. I love how when you blow, the ships blow up real good, and then you can like go and grab the the debris yeah. and like harvest materials and stuff. There's a lot of stuff about it I like. I have one major criticism that is really weighing the game down, Get weighing real. the game down for me. Give me, give it to me right and now. It's, and it's in the area where you know I look for a game to deliver, which is you know I, I like immersion, I like story, I like character. I like narrative. I like that feeling of suspending disbelief. Unless I'm in this other place. I am Commander Shepard. I'm on uh, Omega. I mean, I'm, in the, I'm, yeah, in, yeah. I'm, I'm in the afterlife yeah. nightclub. I right, just, right. I feel like I'm there, right? Yeah. Um, and again, I haven't done the main quest where most of the storytelling is going to go. So I don't have, again, don't have any thoughts yet on like the overarching, how good it, it, could, it could be an amazing overarching story. I don't know yet. In the moment to moment gameplay, my, my opinion is that the writing is not great. The, character is, the characters are not great. Um, the it's where I'm just gonna, I don't think the character models are very good. They look very flat. And my, and my biggest issue is this, and this is the analogy that I've been waiting to use all week. And I mentioned this to a couple of other embargoed reviewers, and they, and they went, oh my God, that's dead on. Like this, I think this analogy works. Greg said the same thing. I never felt like I'm in outer space being this character. What I felt like was that I'm, whenever I play the game, I feel like I'm a really good space adventure theme park, like a Westworld kind of, kind of place where everything's curated and built around my experience and I'm on a vacation having a good time. And, and that's manifested in so many ways. And one of the most obvious ones is the characters, all the NPCs that I'm interacting with all feel like either animatronic dummies or... Um, like the, you know, like the guys that work at the Star, the Star Wars hotel where you can go and like laugh and, yeah. and like, hey, you want to go, hey, the Empire's stolen these secret plans. I need you to take them from me. And everything's a little bit cheesy and overacted and like very expositional and kind of delivered to you. And that's kind of how it feels. Like that Bethesda way of doing things where the characters, you know, when you interact with the character, they're just basically, you know, full on just staring at the screen, staring at you in first person. And that's what you see. I kind of feel like if you could see the bottom half of that, you would see like the animatronic robot base mm -hmm. that the top half of the dummy is yeah. kind of sitting on. Oh, hello, you are here for an outer space adventure. I will give you a mission. It feels a little bit like that because the riding is very pedestrian. Again, at least in the side quest, they may, they may have saved the best stuff in the main quest. I don't know. But the riding's very pedestrian. Characters don't talk 
anything like people talk like in real life. Uh, and again, dialogue is not supposed to sound like the way that people talk. It's supposed to be most interesting in that. But it's very, very naked and brazen in its exposition. Like you just walk up to somebody and like you never met this person and they're telling you their fucking life story. And it's like, and, or, or, you know, oh, hi, I hear you're interested in the Freestar Rangers. The Freestar Rangers were first uh, 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 founded in uh, 2270. It's like, why are, you, why are you telling? I didn't even ask you this shit. Why are you giving me all this, like, all, all these expositional dumps? <laughs> it sounds like a Bethesda game, though. That's how it's always. Well, sounded. and that's, that's the thing. So I would say this. If you like, game. sorry, I'll finish. I'm yeah. dominating, right? But I want, I've been wanting to get this off my chest all yes, week because it's yes. really bugging me. It's taking me out of the game because it doesn't like not at one point do i suspend my disbelief and not feel like these aren't like puppets yeah because the character models are flat they're really flat i mass effect 2 did this shit better and that's a and that's an and that's an xbox 360 game and the, and the real problem they have i think is that the timing is so unfortunate with Baldur's gate 3 because Baldur's gate 3 even though it's a very different game does so many of these things better starfield has a very good character creator Baldur's gate 3 has a better one um Starfield has um, all of the uh, all these NPCs and quests. Baldur's, Baldur's Gate has better ones. Um, like everyone in the game is so flat, and that whole like, thing where it's just a person just talking to you like this. It's not cinematic. It's really flat. The character models, animations again make them just feel like they're animatronic because they don't have none of them. They have these kind of these lifeless eyes, these dolls' eyes. Like they don't feel like real people to me. And it, I just, it just. For me, some people don't care. If, you, if all you care about, this is my first big Bethesda game I've ever played. I was never into Fallout games or Elder Scrolls games. So this is kind of a new way of storytelling. Very familiar to people who played Bethesda games. And if you want, hey, Bethesda, Fallout, Stroke, Elder Scrolls, but in space, you're going to love this game. I found it really off-putting because I just don't like, I feel like the rest of the world since Bethesda established that style has moved on and found new, more interesting ways to... Uh, curate story and present other characters and cinematics and, and Bethesda is st just still doing what they've been doing for years and it feels to me coming to that style of presentation for the first time very dated not cinematic not engaging and I'm, I'm still enjoying the game but it's in spite of all of these things two things tell me Paris hit kind of address what you talked about with the visuals and everything that you're talking about with the NPCs I think this is the the beauty and the curse of the creation engine at work because I think it can have some beautiful visuals, great attention to detail, some great lighting. But then when it comes to the NPCs, exactly what you're talking about in my notes, I had the dead eye thing talking about right. the whole thing because you can tell the NPCs that were specifically curated for certain story beats. There's a lot more detail into them and a lot, they, they do seem to have more emotion to them, right? Whereas the standard ones, they're doing yeah. exactly what yeah. you're saying. And I think that is, a ding and a limitation to, to what they're trying to do in that style. Yeah. But that is also classic Bethesda at the same time. So the one thing that we said in our review, as well as I've seen in other reviews, like even more specifically the IGN one, I think stands out what Dan was talking about is part of the problem that keeps this from being reaching that epic generational level that we're, we were hoping that it, it would be is it takes too long to get going. I think where you're at, yeah. like you said, you're about 25 hours. I think you're about to hit that point where it is going to go over the top and you're going to get into some really cool shit. And that's why I preface this by yeah, saying right. I, I, I will not be drawn on a score. I will not give you a score right, today because right. I'm and not ready to valid. give one. Um, one. One other thing that I wanted to mention about the character interactions, though, um, the acting is not great. And again, maybe it's better in the main quest for the main characters. I'm just dealing with side quests and NPCs where maybe they're not like, like bringing like the A game the way they are with the with the with the central stuff. But like a lot of the a lot of the line read, a lot of the line it really just feels like they're reading lines off of a script. And there are there are several occasions where I'm like, that wasn't the right line reading. Like that, I don't think that's the way you were supposed to read that line. And like they didn't get you didn't get did, do another take. You just went with it, even though it feels really weird and wrong. Like the the. It's just not what it's just not well acted in terms of the vocal performances. It feels very amateur dramatics, very LARPy. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to mention, because Paris and I talked about this, is sometimes the character behavior is really weird. And Characters that's, that's got to be. They'll, they'll get stuck yeah. in corners. They'll mm -hmm. spin around. But they'll follow me, but then the guy will like, spin around and then walk off. Like that takes me out of the game. Yeah. Weird things like a character. I'm talking to a character now. Don't forget when you're talking to a character, that's not a cinematic. That's all happening live in engine. 
So characters will just walk through, like walk in the middle of through a conversation. Yeah, or there's weird stuff. I'm talking to a woman. I, show, I remember I talked about this. There's mm-hmm. a woman standing there. There's another woman standing right behind her, like like it like it's something out of <laughs> yeah. like it's something out of a horror movie. Like this weird other character that no one's talking. But she's like standing right behind yeah. her, like lurking behind her in a really unnatural way. Like that happened several times. Several times I interacted with characters that wouldn't even, t- they would talk to me, but they wouldn't turn around. I, I'm come, I come to the character from behind. Yeah. They're supposed to turn around. They're having a conversation this, this, like I'm talking, this. They say I'm talking to the par- yeah. back of Paris's head. Yeah. That's like a third of my interactions yeah. in the yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they'll figure out and turn to face you. Other times they won't. Or they'll just kind of like half turn. So they're kind of like, I'm like, I'm, so Paris is here. I'm like, so Paris is, I'm, yeah. I'm like this. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. It's like, why did, turn around. What, what is wrong with you? Turn around a little There was me. a lot of weird Stuff like that. Okay. And well, they, and that's stuff that can be fixed and patched. Yeah. But the vocal performances and the writing and just that general sense of like, this all feels a bit fake and, and, and performed and contrived for mm-hmm. my enjoyment rather than feeling real. And, you know, like, again, suspension of disbelief, that I don't think they can fix. And it's been a problem for me so far. Well, I look forward to more Starfield talk. Of course, if you want the big in-depth review, you can go check out the Kind of Funny Games cast right now, where, of course, lead reviewer for Kind of Funny, Paris Lilly, will give you all of his in-depth thoughts and analysis alongside Greg, Andy, Blessing, and Tim. So the big review is there, of course, here on the Kind of Funny X cast. We're going to answer your burning Starfield questions in just a moment because, of course, this is the Kind of Funny X cast. We post each and every Thursday at 6 a.m. West Coast, Best Coast time on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games, RoosterTeeth.com, and, of course, on podcast services around the globe. We want to thank... Our friends over at Epic Games, of course, we are Epic Games partners, which means you can use our Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, at checkout anytime you're buying a game off the Epic Games store, upgrading your look in Fortnite, Rocket League, or Fall Guys. Use that Epic Creator Code, kind of funny, at checkout. Thank you to our Patreon producers for the month of August, Jedi Master Deadpool, Delaney Twining, and Logan Delaney. Thank you both. Thank you all for your support. Along with, of course, our sponsors for the Kind of Funny X-Cast, Rocket Money and Netflix's One Piece, which I'm going to tell you about right now. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Every single person I know that has tried Rocket Money has been shocked at how many subscriptions they have that they forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Most people think they're spending about $80 a month on their subscriptions when in reality, it might be closer to 200 plus uh, when you're signed up for so many things like streaming services you use to watch one show or free trials for delivery you don't use. It's so easy to lose track of what you're actually paying for. With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. No more long hold times or annoying emails with customer service. Rocket Money does all the work for you. Stop wasting your money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. That's rocketmoney.com slash. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Kind of funny. Rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny. 
This episode is brought to you by One Piece on Netflix. The global phenomenon One Piece has finally gotten a live action adaptation on Netflix. This is an incredible world ruled by pirates filled with never before seen superpowers and a hunt for a legendary treasure called the One Piece. It's an epic action adventure about following your dreams, searching for treasure, and ultimately, Finding Your Chosen Family. The series was made by fans for fans, old and new. Showrunners Matt Owens and Steven Maeda are huge fans of the manga and come at their work from a fan-first perspective while still allowing new audiences to discover and fall in love with this story. Manga creator Ichiro Oda was involved in every step of the process at a level which was never seen before in any previous live-action manga adaptation. One Piece is an action-packed, warm-hearted, and joyful adventure that you don't want to miss. Don't miss One Piece on Netflix, August 31st. All right, guys, we're back. It was great to hear your initial thoughts. I'm ready to jump into some burning questions from the community because, man, oh, man, people are excited for this game. We got a lot of questions, and we're all over the place. So I kind of want to just start jumping from piece to piece. If there's something you guys want to bring up, let's talk about it. But let's jump in to the viewer questions. Of course, people want to know about weapons in combat. Let's talk about it because now there's guns. We got some gunplay in here, and people are questioning, did they elevate the gunplay in this? So our first question comes from Mike Foster. My wife isn't a shooter type of gamer. Will she be able to play Starfield as just an explorer? And since I'm a shooter, will I get shooter enjoyment out of this? I want to say it's yes to both. Um, I think she might have to do some early on combat. But I think, again, going back to what we're talking about, you'll get to the point where you can just be that explorer going the planet. But you'll, you will get to some planets where you need to, to defend yourself against some of the alien life. So there is some combat, I think, all, that's always going to be needed, even if it's at a melee level. But like I told you, one, one uh, shortcut is the cutter can be used as a weapon. Yeah. So you don't necessarily... Like the default weapon you yeah, always yeah, have. Yeah. But, um, but I think to the second part of it, I, I think the combat... They got it to a, an acceptable level to where okay. it felt like and you you obviously just played. Yep. So, I mean, the guns felt good. I mean, is it at the top tier level of shooters? No, but it gets the job done. I think the shooting is solid. Yeah. Um, I don't think you even if you try and play in the most stealthy persuasion type way possible, you're not going to go be able to go through this game without doing some shooting. You're going to have to shoot some stuff. Yeah. If you don't like shooters. You probably that's going to be an issue. Um, I do want to say that some of the some of the encounters are really weird. So the very first Free Star Rangers mission that I did, right? They, they'll say like, before before we'll take you on as a Free Star Ranger, let's give you a sample mission. Yeah. Go over to the mission board and pick something. So right. I picked like, go kill this pirate captain guy, right? Mm. I got in the ship, went to the system, landed on the planet, walked past all of his security, all of the, they don't know who I am. I just showed up. All of his security, all of his, all of his guards walked right up to the, to, the, to the boss who just stands there. And I shot him in the head. And then if you're not encumbered, don't even get me started on that. You can, I just fast, you can fast travel out. And I, just, I was done. Like it was, it was like, it didn't feel like, it, I mean, I'm sure there are other examples in the game that maybe, maybe that one was bugged. But like, I'm literally standing, the guy that I'm supposed to kill is going, yeah, this is the guy that you kill. I'm like, is he going to even acknowledge? I'm standing here right next to him. I've got my gun right on his head. I get, okay, boom, dead. Fast travel out, done. Yeah. That didn't feel right to me. For my early impressions, the shooting is fine. Like you said, Paris, right? This isn't Doom or Quake. This isn't Halo Infinite. And that's not what this is going for, right? right? This is a match of many different games put into one. It is not prioritizing the shooting over anything else. So I would say, yeah, it feels fine to have a pistol, an automatic weapon in your hand. I went long, long no periods, problem. like not even remembering that it was a shooter, but then like some, but then like you walk into a thing and it's, a bunch of bad guys. Oh shit. Yeah. I, I, I shoot in this game as well, but it's not like a, it's not a shooter driven game. Let's keep up with the combat. Let's jump into weapons because people want to know about the weapons. James Wrighton says, hello, X cast crew and fans. My question is during Starfield, did you come across any named weapons that felt power, like fa- powerful versions of regular weapons? And then on top of that, muffin man writes in and says, can you do wield weapons in this game? Like two pistols, two swords, a laser gun in one hand and a knife in the other, etc." Hey, where's the camera? You don't want me to answer that question about named weapons because I'll be spoiling stuff. But yes, there are some named weapons in the game that okay. are quite enjoyable and powerful that you'll want to use. Um, but to a lesser extent, there are some that, like I, I just use the Grendel as an example. There are some examples of like a, a Grendel. Like I have 
an exotic version of the Grendel that has uh, mods on it to where it has these explosive rounds. I mean, it's actually one of my go-to weapons to use. I really like using it, feels really good. And there's gonna be other examples of those as well. Not to mention you can re research and craft mods to basically take any of the weapons that they have the mod slots on them and add various features to them as well to upgrade them. So. I mean, the gunplay and the weapons feel, you know, when you pull the trigger, you wanna have that meaty feel. Yeah. Like, and yeah, the weapon, you know, the, I lucked into a legendary weapon early on. I was like, oh man, this is this yeah. is fun to play with. But then I couldn't find any ammo for it. The, game, the game's a little bit stingy with ammo. Sometimes. Or is it? Well, the problem is there's so many, like all these different guns take different kinds of ammo, yes. right? So you might have three guns a and a bunch of, of ammo, but none of them are compatible. Yeah. So again, that's just something you'll, you'll figure out and learn and settle and you'll buy the right ammo and not waste time carrying ammo you don't need. And that, again, well, I got to mention the other thing, the encumbrance, two, the two other things, well, major problems, yeah, encumbrance that's yeah. fine. We can and, talk. and, and pathfinding mapping are, are two of the, two of the bigger problems of this game. I, Maybe it's unfair of me to say because I don't like encumbrance in games. I think it's stupid. Baldur's Gate 3 does it. Zelda doesn't. It is two, two best RPGs uh, you know, of the year. Um, have very different ways of doing it. Starfield chooses to have encumbrance. Fine. The problem with it is the encumbrance limit when you start is really fucking low. Oh, yes. I got the warning. Oh, warning. Your oxygen will deplete because you're encumbered. I'm like, well, how much am I carrying? Virtually not, not really very much at all. Now, you can, here's the thing. You can spend points... Yeah, your skill points to so I I resented the fact because I want to level up fun stuff, which, uh, gun shooting, uh, dam uh, you know weapon damage, persuasion skills, pickpocketing. I had to waste a skill point just on upgrading my encumbrance limit, and it only and you can like I don't want to have to spend skill points just to be able to carry more stuff because you can max out really quickly. I said to Paris, can I do I have a stash? He said, "Yeah, on, on your ship. I went to the I went to the ship. Started putting stuff, and that maxed out almost immediately. <laughs> this game is really, really stingy on how much it lets you carry, and it's really limiting. And you can't fast travel while encumbered. No, which is I don't know what the how do they, how do they think that's additive to the game experience? I understand why you can't fast travel in combat. I can't fast travel because I'm encumbered. I have to drop a bunch of shit because I couldn't find my way back to the ship because the mapping is bad. Yeah." So it's, there's a bunch of little, this is all fixable, but they need to fix it. Yeah, honestly, and we talked about this during the review, it is probably my number one pet peeve about the game is, is the inventory management and the encumbrance. I mean, I can just kind of elaborate more on what Gary was just yeah, talking please. about. It's the fact that this game is, and I get this classic, I understand encumbrance. I mean, there's other games that do it. I just feel that this version of it is not very forgiving. And it doesn't encourage you to do what the game does best, and that's go out and explore and grab every freaking right. thing. That's that you what you want to do. Let me that's get, let me take this back do. to the ship and check it yeah. out. But you have to be so oh, but if I pick that up, I can't carry yes. this. It's, it's like I don't want to. I, it I don't want to be making those decisions. Yeah, you shouldn't have to be yeah. thinking that hard about it. And to your point again about the skill, the skill tree was like the first thing I started leveling up. And I shouldn't have to. Right, because I should not be a, investing that in like something. Like basic else. capacity, like being able to just carry shit around. That's not a fun thing to have to level yeah. up when I could be spending those points on more fun stuff. But here, here's again, and I know this is the complaining section of Starfield, but speaking on that, I'm in the basically at the end point of it, and I max out on the weightlifting. I'm putting skill into my ship's cargo so I can hold more on that. I have every companion I have is is a mule at this point. Where I'm giving them everything. Can you upgrade the ship's storage? Like you can. additional locker yeah, space? Yeah, okay. you can. But part of that problem is it's not every, and then you have like in the lodge, you have that locker where you can store right. stuff away, but it's not all interconnected. Yeah. So then when you get into scenarios where you need resources, it's not just pulling a pool from everything. So now I got to try to freaking remember, wait, did I give this person this? Is this on the ship? Is this here? It's all over the I place. don't understand the point it's, of that. It's like, the number one thing they need I get to that. that I get that that's technically more realistic. No, your ship yeah. really is back on that planet. But it's not fun for me to no, have to go all the way fun. back there. I don't want to yes. do busy work. I don't want to do chores. And, oh, by the way, that's, another, again, side quests only. I get it. But, like, so many of the quests are just, like, run around, flip a bunch of switches, and come back to me. It's not exciting stuff to do. Um, and that also plays into it. I got a lot. I'm the other players that I know are like this. I'm one of those. I don't have a great sense of direction. I get turned around and lost in maps all the time. So I need a helpful tip. I need a map or what I really like is when there's like a waypoint thing that's telling me like a little glowing line that's showing me where it, like select a waypoint or pin a location and, and it'll basically path it for me. And I follow the path. The game does have those. It has, it has the little dots. So you know, it will tell me like, but you get stuck with those. Well, you know, it's like 20 feet away, but you still can't figure out like where it is. Like, how do I you get there? You can 
hit the right hit the, scan button. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. trust me, I know. If you turn, if you press left bumper, you can turn on a scanning yeah. system that highlights things. And it will turn on like a little line, but it's not very good. Like it comes and goes. It's not persistent. Sometimes you can't. Even, I'm, I'm like I turn on the line, but I can't figure out where the line is or where it's going. Like it's. It's so many. They've made it look cool and, and and futuristic, but it's not as useful or simple as it can be. I got lost in maps all the time, turned around like dead ends and going around in circles. And so I got when I killed that pirate captain, I could not find my way back to the ship. Right, I could right. not remember the way I came. I couldn't the the way the pathing for some reason was broken for me. It wouldn't work. Oh, I'll just fast pa I'll, I'll just fast travel back to the ship. Can't do it. Can't do that. You're encumbered. You you need to drop all the cool, interesting shit that you just picked up. Yeah. So for a game that in a big picture says you can go anywhere, you can do anything, what actually says no to you a lot of time over like really basic mundane yes. things that are like day to, minute to minute gameplay, which is I find that annoying. There's a mission that, and I talked about this briefly in the review, but it is literally the plot of Wally, -E. and and I say that because one of the solutions, the one that I was on, was requiring me to get an enormous amount of resources that I was going to have to to do to complete this. I looked at that and I go, "There's no effing way I'm doing this because I it, it's chaos. Like all my stuff's all scattered, ah. so it discouraged me from continuing that. And I eventually went back to it and did it, but." It's to the point of what we're saying that fun should be the first priority. In right. This, right. You're Always. taking the fun factor away. And I know this sounds like we're super complaining, but I'm saying all that to say this. These are one of the things that they, they will be able to address with the proper feedback. So that's why. I yeah, think these, these are all fixable things. And yeah. they do understand yeah. quality of life because the game yeah. does a lot of things right. The ability to, as long as you're not encumbered, the ability to fast travel back yeah. to the ship is really useful. When you board the ship, you can either just board it or you can go straight to the cockpit for takeoff. Yeah. Little things like that that just save you time. So you're spending more time playing <laughs> the game than you are yeah. doing just like boring traversal back yeah. and forth. But you do end up doing a lot of that. For me, if I could wave a magic wand and have them fix one thing now, something that can be fixed, is raise the encumbrance levels because the game does not let me carry enough. I've never seen a game that lets me carry so little. Right. And like, and I re really, and tuning thing. I really resented having to spend that yeah. point just to be able to carry more stuff. It's like, I've got, ooh, like my guns do more damage. That's cool. Ooh, I've got more chance of persuading this character to do something. That's cool. I can carry more stuff? No, just let me carry more right. stuff. I hope that a year from now we're having a conversation going man remember when starfield came out and it really sucked that we couldn't carry a lot glad they fixed that and and that's the kind of the thing that's why i know what we're talking about right now is the kind of the grievances yeah. but these are things that I, i'm sure they want to hear that the community is going to be vocal about as well because to your point these are fixable things that's just going to improve the quality of life of the game. And, in, and in any number of ways and this is why i said i would not yeah. put a score on it right now in any number of ways, I think you're going to see updated reviews and updated impressions on the game weeks from now, months from now, yep. as people learn more about what the game, where, where the limits of the game really are, how much you can explore, what you can and can't do, and we'll have a better understanding. Plus, as Bethesda, fix things like please fix encumbrance. It it's bad. I don't again. I don't like encumbrance to begin with, but if you're going to have it. Don't make it so limiting. Now, there's stuff I want to pick up, and I can't pick it up because I, most of the stuff that I just need to survive, my, my, my suit, my helmet, and my pack, those all wait. They, 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 like half my encumbrance is yeah. gone just to walk on the surface of a planet. Yeah. Now I can't pick anything <laughs> yeah. up. Uh, let's talk about role-playing. Dave writes in and says, Hey, guys, love the show. Keep up the stellar work. I was wondering how the game pulls you in a role-playing scene. I love all of Bethesda's past RPGs, but usually I don't find it pulls my RPG strings as much as Outer Worlds or Baldur's I Gates. I usually go yeah, in with a plan of sorts, but then it falls by the wayside, and I end up a jack-of-all-trades god. What's up with role-playing? Do you feel like you're really in it? You feel like you can make your own story? I think when we're specifically talking about this game, that possibility is there. And okay. this is why I was saying before, the way I played it during review is not how I'm going to play it after review because you can focus in on one thing and truly role-play that way in this game. And I think, obviously, it, to the level you do it, you can immerse yourself into it and it feels like you're really doing it. Yeah. That... that um comes back to my biggest problem with the game is that the other characters in the game don't feel like characters they feel like actors they they, they feel like cast members at disneyland who whose job it is to make sure i have fun it's like you, i've never done it but like you go to that galaxy's edge or whatever they call it the, the the star wars hotel 
where everything, where, oh, yeah, yeah, where, yeah. where they give you a backstory right, and everyone's yeah. in character. And people, people are coming up to going, oh, the, are you the Miller family? You've got to help me steal, uh, steal the Death Star plans or whatever. It's like, come, yeah, okay, great. But no one's believing for a second that they're actually on a spaceship. This, the, I feel the same way. It feels like every, it just feels very fake. Like it, and it's not, it doesn't feel cinematic. I, I think the character models just like, again, compare it to Baldur's Gate. Look how good those characters look and how well they, look how they move in a, in a cut scene or how, how, they, how they move around the space in a scene. These characters literally just sit there like that. And they, and they, and they hello, I'm talking to you and I have a mission for you. Oh no, uh, please don't kill me. Like it's not, it takes me out of the game every time I'm in one of those interactions. The dialogue options are good. If you want to be Commander Shepard, renegade asshole, Oh, you, yeah. There's some good asshole dialogue choices. That. So there's, there is, it does give you a full suite of choices. It's just that all of the characters are so, that I'm interacting with, are so vanilla and so dull. So and Ranch Dressing wants to know, in Starfield, how fleshed out is an evil playthrough, Gary? How evil co are we talking? I haven't, well, the thing is, I haven't really, really, like I haven't really settled on a vibe yet. Sometimes I'm a, sometimes I, I the renegade quote unquote option is fun. Sometimes it's not what I want to do. One okay. thing I did do a lot, like say you'd be out in orbit and you see a ship and you hail them and you have those conversations and then the piracy option would come up. I'd be like, give me all your stuff. So yeah, space piracy, people want to know from our space pirate Paris Lily. Yeah. Jeff writes in and says, when you want to take over a ship in Starfield, do you need to kill everyone on the ship or just the captain? Um, you gotta, you gotta kill everybody because that person will probably still come at you. Maybe you could still probably hop in the cockpit and take, take command of it. But I don't think there was ever a scenario where I left an NPC alive. Okay. If I boarded. It's a good example of like, again, an area of the game that I want to get in. I haven't done any piracy. I haven't boarded a ship or done it, done any of that stuff. I haven't, I want, I haven't even done any smuggling yet. There's a, there's a, an illegal substance in the game called Aurora. Which I think they extract from like yes. fish guts. Yeah, yeah, Correct. Yeah, yeah, from, yeah, neon, yeah. So basically, so the, so neon is basically... Um, Omega from Mass Effect yes. on a giant like oil platform in space, mm -hmm. right? And they harvest the, the fish. And I think I, I may have gotten this. Tell me if I'm like, but the Aurora is like derived from these fish. I think it's like a I fish believe so. pheromone I think, I or something. Right. Yeah. And it's 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 their drug, right? It's, yes. It's whatever. It's it's the drug that exists in I was smuggling in this. That for a yeah. Well, so this, so this thing that like you can only you can only carry it legally on Neon, and you can only buy it from one place legally on Neon. The Astral Lounge is the only place that has a license to sell it. You cannot take it off-world, yeah. illegally, right? And, and, and if you're carrying on your ship, it's going to get detected by law enforcement who will always, like, and if you go to any kind of like civilized system, law enforcement yeah, will scan your ship the moment you warp into the system, unless you've got like a smuggling module. And I was like, I had this Aurora and I, I couldn't leave, and I couldn't leave with it because the, because the, like the gate agent is saying like, you can't take that off-world and they didn't have the ability to like smuggle it through. And even if I had it on the, I knew I, I couldn't, this is really funny. It's like when you get stuck at the airport with all your duty free, like, oh shit, I might as well just drink. I just drank all the Aurora and got like totally high on Aurora, which is fun because it slows down time for 10 seconds. Yep. And so it, it's actually a useful thing in combat. You kind of go into like a bullet time, right? Cool. Like a max pain bullet time. It actually has um, usualness. But like yeah, a lot right, of the stuff, yeah, a lot of the stuff in the game, like, yeah. okay, fine. I'm going to go upgrade my ship and add a smuggling module. I haven't yet figured out like how to do that. I've been to ship services, but again, there's just so much stuff that I think will open up once I figure out how to do basic things i know a guy okay i'm gonna talk <laughs> to you i'll talk to you after the show <laughs> want to talk about ultimate freedom you know this is what bethesda is known for role-playing having it all at you at the player's choice colin writes in and says are there black holes if there are black holes can i jump into one can i also launch myself into the sun a la outer worlds or we'll talk outer about worlds. that during a spoiler cast i like that okay how about how about the sun one can we answer the sun one can i jump into the sun I'm pretty sure that one you can okay. do. That did that, I like. That I, one I can say. I, you know what's funny? Al Alana <laughs> asked me that one. She was okay. asking me that. She was like, can I, can I jump in the sun? I was like, no, I don't think so. One of, the, one of the things that made me laugh this week that went viral is like one of the, again, there are certain people out there that have decided they love or hate Starfield already because yes. they're in a certain camp. One of the haters, did you see this? Like, oh, well, you can't even land on this planet and this planet and this oh, planet. So, yeah, because they're gas giants. Yes. You're not, so, you, you would not be able to land on those anyway. Those planets literally don't have a surface. Yeah. Like, what are you complaining about? Um, I, I don't care. I want to be on the surface, Gary. <laughs> I need to be on this. <laughs> How about resource management and crafting? Christian writes in and says, as someone who loves customization, crafting, but can't stand resource grinding, do the companion slash outpost mechanics allow me to automate resource gathering? How would that work? Also, can we change weapon colors? Oh, a little two-parter right there. Don't know about the weapon colors. I'm going to lean towards no, because I, I 
if it's there, I absolutely missed it and wasn't looking for it. But um, from the resource automating, yeah, absolutely you can. Um, the one outpost that I built and really put some time and effort into, I had it set up. It was, what was it? It was grabbing um, uranium for me and I was doing helium and something else. But to his point, yes, you and can. And you can do cosmetic. Do uh, changes to the ships, right? You can mod modify the look of the ships just cosmetically, like different. Now the ships you can change colors, to, right? Because I, okay. I did that. Okay. That that you can definitely do. Yeah. Let's and talk there's, there's there's a lot of like to just to do things in this game, and it's designed to be this way. There's a lot of things you got to do. We were talking about just before the show. Let's say you want to add a a a, 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 sc a sniper scope to a weapon that you have. Well, you've got to research that. Um, and in order to research it, you've got to collect all the raw material. So, yes. so I've got to run around on a bunch of different planets. It tells you you need three aluminum, three of this, three of that. Now I've got to go scan those planets, walk around, find the part of the, of the, because I remember I got confused by this. Like there's, it says it's aluminum, but I can only mine the, the stuff that actually lights up on the scanner. Right. Use the cutter, get it, get all the aluminum. Now I've got to go back and research it. Now it's researched. I've got to actually, that just gives me the ability to build. Right. Now I've got to craft it. So what, what I figured out leads into this, what we're talking about. So remember how like you'd see like aluminum and there'd be like an area that's lit up on the ground. Yeah. You can set up an outpost near something like that and you basically set up what, oh, whatever thing cool. and it's going to farm. Right. Ooh, See, this, and, and again, this is exactly yeah. why I'm saying like, I would not put a score on it. Again, I think Paris and other people have, have played it enough that they can get it because you knew that and I didn't. I can, cannot score it yet because like there's all this shit that right. got to see. I've it played it yeah. for another hundred hours. I'm gonna yeah. have a lot, probably a very different. It could be a ten out of ten game after after a hundred hours. But see, that's the poll. And we talked about this during the review. That to me is the polarizing thing about this because it will require time investment into this game. Anyone that plays this game for 25, 30 hours, I just completed the main quest and I'm done. You're gonna go, man. This is a three out of five. This, what am I doing here for everything that you were talking about? But if you're willing to go past that and truly invest a lot more time into it, that's when it opens up. It, and that's what I think, and I know this wasn't a question, but I might as well say it now. This is what I think will hold this back from being that generational title for Xbox, being the signature game for Xbox. Whereas I think this will be a solid, great, hey, Starfield was a great start to the generation. Like, look, that was the starting point for all these games versus... Mm -hmm defining the generation i don't think starfield's going to be that for xbox but i think it's good that this is a game for xbox because you will go buy an xbox and go play this game yeah like right? so it's, it, it's overwhelming that. from the, the beginning like how expansive and open it is yeah. like if you're someone who like has just trouble making decisions about where you want like the two places for dinner and you yeah. can't make a choice you're gonna have a hard time with this game because there's so much stuff opens up to you like i said quest just being pushed on you without even asking for them i walk past i hear a conversation Here, here's another quest yeah. and like so i'm adhd i'm like uh, i can't like focus on what i'm jumping around discovering things by accident and again that's kind of fun in itself like okay i'll go do here the game never says you can't do it says right. you can't do lots of little things but you it really lets you do lots of big things and i think it is the kind of game that says this game this, this game's going to demand a lot of your time but if yep. you're willing to put that time in you will be rewarded that's the vibe that i'm getting let's keep it going for a little bit longer here planet size and mission size Levi writes in and says, in Starfield, I assume it varies, but what would you say is the average size of a random, unimportant planets you can land on, those not connected to any major quest lines, smaller or similar in size to maps in Skyrim, Oblivion, Fallout 4? Also, side quests, how large is the largest, how large is the largest planet you land on? Oh, okay, just wants to know side quests, how large can the side quests? Uh, that's, that's a hard question for me that to answer because i never framed it in that way of like let me push the limit of this mm. planet how far okay. it can go i know there was the whole zone controversy that was happening and everything i never got to the point where i edged up to to the end of a zone and i needed to get back in the ship to because remember i was even showing you how course, you can move yeah, yeah. around and you can do the different landing spots so I, I i apologize i can't really answer that in saying that how big or small something was i mean i definitely went around did a lot of surveying of resources and all that. And I was able to mostly to accomplish that in one zone. Okay. I purposely would have gotten back in the ship. Well, let me go to this side of the planet. Let me do this. I did those kind of things, but I never got to the edge of something. And, and when you'll see, as you go around, there's some planets that are super big, some that are really tiny moons, things like that. But I like I said, I never pushed the limit on it. Did you go to earth? 
just to check it out? Uh, I'm not going to talk about that. Okay. Gary, <laughs> let's talk about side quests really quick because you've been doing side quests. You talked about them just kind of being like fetch quests and kind of basic, right? Did you find any that wowed you in size, maybe going from another planet to a planet to another planet and onward, and it was more of a fetch quest, but on a global, bigger scale? Or no, was it all no, very they're very typical side quests. They're not the kind of ones that we were joking about when Todd was on the show, like, go kill 10 of these things. I haven't seen anything like that, but, it, but it's a lot of what just feels like busy work. Like, there's literally a quest where you have to go get someone coffee. And, you know, there's more to it than that as it eventually <laughs> yeah, goes on. But there's a lot of, like, <laughs> run around and hit sw at, at flip switches at five locations or run around and check, like, ten different sensors. And it is just like, go here, go here, go here, go here, come back. And that's it. And a lot of them are like that. And after a while, like, it's, again, they're just side quests. So, like, they're not maybe not meant to be the most interesting part of the game. But, like, again, I ch that's what I'm choosing to do. That's yeah. how I choose to play the game. Like, every play... Every, playthrough of the game should be valid. Like, I think it's a failure. I'm not necessarily saying it is in this case, but it's a failure if a game says you can play any way you want, and that includes ways that you can play it that make it really boring. I will say this, though. One of, if not the best quests that I did that turned out to be, took me hours to wind up completing, started off that way. Right. Just something very right. mundane and random. And I, and I totally and believe that they have quests like that. Yeah, I've, yeah. Maybe I've, a lot of the ones that I've got have been very kind of pedestrian. Yeah. Let's round out the show with two more questions because we have a lot of questions and we're going to be talking. Oh my God, are we already out of time? So long. I could talk about this game like all day. Like I said, yeah. the full review is up now on Gamescast. We here at the Xcast are going to be talking about this next week, the week on. We're going to be talking about Starfield a lot. So let's keep it tight right now. Two more questions coming in. Shipbuilding and outposts. Muffin Man wants to know, how are the pre-built ships and outposts compared to building your own from scratch? Fallout 4's base building was too much for me, but I'm hoping that pre-built options are good and worth using as well, like in Skyrim house building DLC. Sorry if this submission is too early. Uh, my favorite ship in the game has was a pre-built one. Okay. It was one that, that I earned through a quest. Um, I, I messed around with the ship building. Um, it can get very complex, but I just did something simple to say I did it. Um, but there'll be people, again, you talk about role-playing and all that, that they'll get into in-game activity. And I, I'm actually excited to see what the community is going to come up with with some of the creations they're going to do. But there's a lot of different options and things that, that you'll be able to pull off. So the more creative people are, the better it will be. Now, the question about pre-built outposts, as far as I know, there's no pre-built outposts. Oh, really? Okay. You have to build your own. You have to build your own. Yeah. It's not like a, yeah. here's a five-bedroom home, you just plop it down there. No. Not, here's not, a resource you know, outpost. There's the one trait where you get the house. Yes, yes, but yes. No, nothing that's pre-built for on a planet. There's an outpost and or whatever. Okay. Not that I know of. One other, just a couple of small things that I want to highlight because again, yeah, like please. I want to make sure that because I've talked to, about a bunch of stuff that bothered me. There's a lot of stuff in it I really like. I really like the traits that you get to pick at the beginning. There's some really fun and interesting ones. Did you pick ones. any wacky traits? Well, I picked one that I really like, which is that my parents are alive and nice. I can go visit them, but I have yeah. to send two percent of everything I own back to them every month. Right. That's I, that's that's fine. Let's, let's just go. And I went and found them. And they're a very nice couple, and they're happy to see me. That's awesome. Um, and I, I, I feel like I may be wrong, or maybe I wanted it to be there, but like it, the the mother looks like my mother. I think what they're doing is taking your character. I, I think they're taking you your yeah, character yeah, yeah, model yeah. and like saying, "What would that character's mother look like?" Because cool. she looks like yeah. my mom. Yeah. Okay. Like, really. Like the character's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that was cool. I think some of the traits and perks are really are really fun. You know what I picked? What? Adoring fan. Oh, so I have the guy who chases me all around. Do he's that? the best. He's bringing me gifts, and he's part of my crew now. And he sleeps in my bed. Of so. course, you like him. You know, of one course, thing, you do. One thing that I did early on, and I think they put it in there deliberately because it does illustrate how the game. I do. One of the things that they advertise, and I think it is true, is that three people could play fifty hours of this game and be and and not have overlapped with anyone else each, each each other's content at all. You can see totally different stuff. Yeah. I applied for a job at OC Security, which is like you know the local kind of cops, um, and. Uh, they said, oh yeah, your locker's back there, go check it out. And I went back um, and there was a, a blanket or something in a locker. I thought, oh, I'll, I'll grab that. And I didn't realize I was stealing it. And it says steal, I didn't pay attention. Grabbed it, there's a security guard right there. You're under arrest for stealing a blanket. Next thing you know, I wake up in an interrogation room and some fucking space CIA dude comes in and says, well, I can either throw you in jail forever for stealing a blanket or you can come work for me and infiltrate this pirate organization and be like an, be like an undercover operative. I thought, fuck, I'll do okay. that. And okay. now I'm doing that. And that's like a whole massive quest line. And that's really cool. Like there I'm in go. tight with the pirate captain, but then I'm going back to the 
to the vigilance to like debrief my guys on what I've learned. Like that's and that's nothing to do with the main game, but it's just really cool. I'm enjoying it, it doing is, that a lot. It is one of the best quest lines in the game. Yeah, it's really fun it when you get to the end. Yeah. Um, let's end it out here. We have so much to talk about. I wish we could stay forever, especially with you in the building, parents. Blow off all the afternoon stuff. Let's just keep talking <laughs> Xcast, but let's talk about Endgame. Okay, we're here at the ending now. Aaron and Toby Blue have both written in, and I want to hit both of their questions. Aaron first. What's up, y'all? My question is, what is the end game of Starfield like? One of my favorite things in Bethesda games is how there's always things to do and places to discover after the main story ends. Are there endless procedurally generated side quests like Fallout 4 that tend to get boring and repetitive after a while? Or do you think that all of the various systems, pirating, outpost building, exploration, crafting, etc., keep gameplay fresh and the player hooked? For a long time. Can't answer that question directly because it will spoil the okay. end of the game. Oh, other than okay. to say they've taken a unique approach to that. And this is why you've I've said it. I know Pete Hines had said it before the game even came out. That the game does not truly start until you complete the main quest. So Toby Blue wants to know, hey, X-Cast crew, I'm a player who likes to take my time and explore all the side content before I finish the main story. But from the game's cast discussion, it sounds like the post game is actually where the game starts to sing. So with that being said, do you recommend me completing the main story earlier in order to experience the post game? I think the way it's designed, and I'm being careful because I don't want to spoil it, is you could take either approach. Okay. And I think it would be satisfying to you personally I would not rush through the main quest. I would experience the game. I would experience all the systems that you can, the different roles you can do, the factions, before you decide, hey, I want to knock this out. Find what you like. Yeah, that's exactly how do. I've been playing it. Yeah. yeah. Find what you like. Then, okay, let me, let me get the main quest going. Let's get into that end game, and we can go from there. That's okay. what I would do. Well, kind of funny best friends, X-Cast listeners near and far, Starfield is now officially out as of recording this. Uh, I believe early access starts at 5 p.m. When you're hearing this, it's already live. Of course, if you're playing on Game Pass, you'll get that next week. You can pay for the upgrade to play it right now. And we can't, hear, can't wait to hear what you think of Starfield. Next week, we'll talk all things Starfield one week removed. So we'd love for you to write in kindoffunny.com slash xcast with your thoughts and impressions of Starfield after your first initial play. And uh, can't wait to talk to you more. Into the beyond. We'll see you later, gamers. Goodbye.